0: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. My name is Vivian Fisher and on behalf of our CEO, Dr. Carla Hayden, the Board of Directors and the Board of Trustees, we welcome each and every one of you here to the Pratt Library for this exciting program. Once you get a chance, when you get an opportunity on the table, I think we have some flyers so, without further ado, I would turn the program over to, I to
1: Eileen.
0: Eileen.
2: Thank you.
3: Uh, okay. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. <laughs> okay. um, first, um, I'd like to introduce, uh, we have um, the Co-author, Eleanor Herman. And we actually have King Peggy's brother, who is here. He flew in from Australia. He's been helping her with the various book signings. Uh, of warrior. And now... Uh, If you would welcome uh, King Peggy and if you would please stand. on behalf of the harbor city chapter of the Lynx, incorporated and iota phi lambda sorority incorporated i would like to welcome you to the book signing for king peggy king peggy has a truly remarkable story to tell and this story is a testament to what one person with a will can do My name is Eileen Carpenter and I'm chair of the International Trends Committee of the Harbor City Chapter. Our President Candy Sims could not be with us uh, today. She's attending, she has a couple of grandchildren who are being um, um, christened so she had to attend that. Uh, The Lynx is a national women's community service organization. We provide services in five areas, the arts, health and human services, national trends, services to youth, and international trends. This book signing is a project of our International Trends Committee. We are sponsoring this book signing in conjunction with IOTA Phi Lambda Sorority, which is a national women's organization whose mission is to unite in a sisterhood qualified business and professional women who will encourage, inspire, nurture, and assist persons engaged in business vocations. In furtherance of its mission, IOTA sponsors programs in career exploration, teen pregnancy prevention programs, outreach programs to disadvantaged mothers, and tutorial programs uh, are just some of the few things that they sponsor. King Peggy is also a member of IOTA, and in just a moment, uh, Betty Wilson-Jones from IOTA will introduce her. (coughs) Lastly, uh, I just want to thank this wonderful institution, the Ina Pratt Library, for working with us to make this happen. This is truly a great resource for Baltimore City. Thank you.
4: Good afternoon. It's my pleasure to be with you this afternoon on behalf of IOTA Phi Lambda Sorority and the Harbor City Links Incorporated. I, uh, I'm not going to tell you a lot about King Peggy because she is going to tell you about herself. And uh, she's going to be opened uh, for questions and answers as well at the end. And then those of you who have your books or are going to be purchasing your books, you will be able to speak with her personally while she signs your book. Uh, King Peggy is from a village of Otam, and she is is the king of the village of Otam in Ghana, West Africa. Uh, This village was uh, not, uh, of her ancestry to begin with, but a young man about 300 years ago went there because it was a very fertile village. The land was very fertile, and it was a fishing village. Uh, and he went there and found that it was, would be a good place to settle. He went back and asked his father, and his father said yes, he could bring people there, and they could settle in that particular village. And he became the first king of Otam. Um, uh, King Peggy is actually from uh, Cape Coast, and I don't know if you've heard of Cape Coast, but Cape Coast is, is on the eastern coast of Ghana, and it borders uh, right against the Atlantic Ocean. Cape, Cape Coast is uh, where one of the large uh, slave castles is in Cape Coast. And um, so she is from that village. So she has a direct uh, relationship, a direct link with us here in the United States, in the Virgin Islands, Bahamas, Haiti, and all those other islands where uh, the uh, slave trade was uh, established. So uh, Eleanor, who is the uh, co-author on the book, is going to tell you how she came in contact with uh, King Peggy, and uh, then you will hear directly from King Peggy. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Betty. It's a great pleasure to be here today, and thank you all for coming. Three years ago, I happened to go to a cocktail reception at the Embassy of Ghana, and I didn't know a soul there. And I started to feel very awkward, which is quite unusual for me. I'm a life of the party author. There is a game I play with myself and I can suggest it to you all if you're at a social event where you're feeling awkward. You look around, study everybody there, and try to decide who is the most fascinating looking person. Who is the one you really would like to talk to and find out more about them? Then you march up with hand extended and a smile on your face and you do that. It works every time. You will have a wonderful party. Now. It's difficult to do this at an African embassy reception because everybody looks so very interesting in all of their native dress, and they're very outgoing and extravagant. But looking around, my gaze settled on a woman who was standing off to the side, very quietly, very sedately, surveying the scene as if she was queen of that place. Now little did I know that she was actually the king of that place. I went up to her and introduced myself to her and she said she was Peggy and she was a secretary there and it disturbed me that she wasn't eating or drinking when the party was rapidly turning into some kind of a bacchanalian feast. The bar was wide open, the food was heaped high and she was just standing there not eating or drinking. I said, can I bring you some food or some drink? And she said, oh no, I'm not allowed to eat or drink in public. You see, I'm a king. (laughs) king and then she told me that her uncle had died she never expected to be king and they called her and said you're the new king she started telling me this story and i had written three books on european women and royalty I'm fascinated by the intersection of women, power, and politics because for hundreds of years, well, thousands really, um, women weren't allowed to officially have power. So what did they do when they got a little bit of it? Here was a woman telling me she was a king. So I said, I want to write my next book on you, A Living King, how fascinating. I want to go with you to Africa in the fall, which was about seven months later, to see what's going on in your kingdom and how you're going to improve things. Of course, I came home and told my husband, honey, I met a lady at the embassy who's a king and I'm going with her for a month to Africa in the fall. He said, let me get this straight. You met a lady who says she is a king and you're leaving me to go to Africa for a month in the fall? I said, that's right, I am. And that is what I did. I was in for a shock though when I arrived because I have obsessive compulsive cleanliness issues and I like to shower a couple times a day and Nana forgot to tell me there's no running water in Otom. And the first night I got there, they showed me a bucket in a little tiled room with a drain and they said, there's your bath. I said, that's not a bath, that's your bath. I said, I cannot fit into it, it is a bucket, it is not a bath. And I really, I started to cry because I didn't think I could last a month with this bucket. Do you stick your head in it to wash your hair? How do you do it? You know? Anyway, I decided I would, um, I would make a valiant effort before I went home, uh, went to the airport the next day. And uh, Nana, was, <laughs> Nana was in her bedroom and the housekeeper, Aggie, who's also a great character in the book, uh, knocked on her door and said, Nana, the white woman is crying in the shower. <laughs> Apparently from the hallway, you could hear the slap of water and a, oh, <laughs> but, um, Notwithstanding those uh, minor problems, it's been uh, truly a great privilege to be a part of the story and watch it unfold. And I hope all of you will get the book because tr- truth is really very much stranger than fiction. And I was sitting there with an interpreter and couldn't even believe the things that were going on right in front of my eyes. So I will let King Peggy tell you the rest of the story. Let's have a warm round of applause for
5: That's it. Minor technical difficulty. Well, it's too hot. Good afternoon. afternoon. Thank you, ladies, for all the beautiful introduction. Mr. Diamond, learning how to bathe in a uh, bucket of water. Now she loves it so much. (laughs) (laughs) My original name is Peglin Bartels. And people ask me, who is Peglin Bartels? Peglin Bartels is now a kin, a woman kin. In the year 2008, I was fast asleep and I had a very strange call, which has changed my life up to today. Even though I'm still a secretary at the embassy of Ghana and still drives my 1992 Honda Accord. (laughs) That night, I was fast asleep and a call came at uh, four o'clock in the morning. Ghana is mostly five hours ahead of uh, United States. So when I received the call, at first I thought it's my brother Papa. First of all, I want all of you to meet my brother Papa Warrior. He came from Australia to to help me to launch my book. And I thought it was him because most of the time we argue a lot. So um, he had called me and then I didn't pick up the phone the day before. So I thought it was him and I made up my mind not to pick it up. Then the phone kept on ringing, the phone kept on ringing. So I said, well, it must be a call from Ghana. Because most of the time, if they want something from you, they call you around that time. So I said, it must be very serious for the person to be ringing. And it keeps on ringing, and he wasn't hanging up. So I woke up, and then I picked up the phone. And I said, hello? Because <laughs> if they're going to ask you for money, you don't have to say a good hello. And then you can decide whether to talk to the person or not. You know? So when you say, hello, and if they ask for the money, then say, wrong line. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I say, hello, then the person say, Nana. And I say, Nana, because Nana usually gives to a woman of uh, stature, like a king or a queen or a grandparents. I'm a childless woman. I don't have any grandchildren. Neither was I a king or a queen at that time. So when the person said, Nana, I said, who are you? What exactly do you need? Do you need some money? Tell, Give it to me straight because it's 4 o'clock in the morning in the United States. If not, I'm going to hang up the phone on you. And then he said, oh, no, 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 Nana, don't hang up, don't hang up. This is a serious business. I said, serious business. Then he said, your uncle, the king, had gone to his village and he wasn't going to come back anytime soon. And that's a code that they normally use for kings and the queens when they pass on. They don't come straight to you and tell you the person is dead or the king is dead. They say they've gone to a village, and they're not coming back anytime soon. So when he said that, I mellowed. My whole body shut down. I removed my nightgown immediately, because then I realized my mom is gone, his brother is gone. It seems like my whole elders are going So I felt quiet on the phone. And then he said, we have done all the rituals. Normally the rituals, they take names of the people who are really, uh, have good morals, level-headed, very strong. Because in Africa, when you are growing up, the elders tend to watch your movements. How you interact in the community. How you behave towards your elders. And I didn't realize they were watching me all this time. I didn't live in that village, I only go there with my mom when, he was, when she was alive. So uh, they collected the names, they had 25 male educated, and I was the only woman in the list. In my town, they have never had a woman as a king, neither, neither are my family. And besides in Ghana, for a woman to be a king, it's not easy. But at the moment, we have three women who are kings, and I'm the third one. And we are all doing extremely well for our village or a little town. <laughs> so they said they went to the ancestral shrine with a schnapp. That's how they know, you know, using schnapps, not peppermint schnapps. Original schnapps from Portugal, Netherlands. Some from Portugal, some from Netherlands. So um, they pour the libation, and it has to steam up for you to be the chosen king. And they mentioned all the 25 male. I don't know why they had my name last. But I thought they thought they would get the king from the first, you know, uh, five. But God has also had something for them. So they mentioned all the names. Nothing happened. And I was the 26th, you know, person. And as soon as they mentioned my name, they said the snaps steamed up. So the elders looked at each other. And I asked them earlier, I said, why were you looking at each other? If you don't want a woman, why did you add my name in there? They didn't say a word. So they did it the second time because they were not sure whether the, the thing was steaming up or not. <laughs> and they did the third time and it steamed up. I think some of them were even shocked that they nearly fell down from their seat. And then, they got me as their king. So I told my cousin that was on the line that, thank you for telling me, being a king in Africa is not like a a king in Europe, where you have everything on a silver platter for you. You have to change the lives of the people. You have to help them to reap the fruit of your labor. And here is a woman, a secretary. You all know that secretaries, we don't make much money. And in America, we have bills. We have our own obligations. I'm driving 1992 Honda Accord. (laughs) I haven't even got a new car. And my bills are piling up on my head. And how can I, you know, be a king? So I told him, I said, you know what? Give me time to think about it. Because already I've lost my husband because I wasn't able to have a child. And I refuse to believe that I'm a failure. And I don't want to go the second time to be a king and become a failure. So I told them, I said, give me time to think about it. And then he said, okay. Whilst I was thinking about it, something strange, you wouldn't understand unless it happens to you. I started hearing voices. And the voices were telling me, Nana, go for it. It's your destiny. It's not every day that a woman is born to be a king or a man is born to be a king. It's your destiny. I looked around. I said, am I tired? Am I getting sick? Because this thing had never happened to me before. So I got a little bit scared, and I said, I have to see a doctor. Then the voice stopped. And because I have an old car, and I don't want to be nuisance when driving early in the morning rush hour, I tend to go through a creek that has a ravine and the four corners. As soon as I got to that point, The voice came back to me again. It's neither a voice of a male or a female, but very, very, you know, deep. He said, Nana, it's your destiny. You have to go for it. It's not every day that a woman is born to be a king. I said, what? Nana is getting... What is going on? Should I stop the car and start running out of my car? Then I had the strength. I said, no, I'm going to face who this person is. And then he kept on talking till I left that four corners. And then I went to my office. And then I said, "I'll wait." And then on the third day, it happened to me again. So I told the voice, "Whoever you are, I'm going to do it." Because the third day, it told me that people are going to help me. I'm not going to be alone. I have to rescue my people. I said, "I will rescue them. Whatever it is, I'll try my best." So when I went to the office, I went to my boss, gave him his coffee, and then after that, I went in and told him that your secretary has been chosen to be a kin. <laughs> he looked at me very weird, because he's a male, an African male, and uh, we normally don't have women as kings. So he said, my secretary, are you okay? Are you tired? go and have a seat and I'll call you back. <laughs> so this poor secretary walked and had you know, a good talk with one of my friends and went and sat down in my office. And then after he finished drinking his coffee, he called me back and he said, are you sure you are not getting sick for being working so hard? And I told him, if I'm sick, I wouldn't be able to give you a coffee. I will put salt in your coffee. <laughs> and then he looked at me And then he said, if it's true you're going to be a king, you are going to be a very, very good king because you run my office very well. And I said, so what took you so long for you to tell me this? (laughs) You should have told me earlier. And he said, please, you are going to be a king. Don't argue with me. (laughs) So I went and sat down, and I went back to him, and I said, I will need 10 days for me to go for my coronation. By then, the ex-president was coming, and he was a little bit horrified. He said, who is going to do all the scheduling and other stuff? I said, you know what? I'll wait till he comes and goes, then I'll do it. I'll go back to Ghana. So I waited till the former president left, and then I went to Ghana. When I went there, to my surprise, I thought being chosen a king, everything was going to be on a silver platter for me. Unfortunately, I ended up paying for my own coronation which was very unusual. You know, if it's in Europe, you wouldn't even touch a dime for your own coronation. But here, I was so lucky to go with my last paycheck. So I was really lucky. I paid for all the three days' festivities with food and drinks, and then they were so happy. So when I was leaving, I told them, I said, I'll be back because there's something wrong with this town. So I told them, I'm coming back to get them. So I came back to the United States, and then the following year, that is when I went with Mrs. Diamond. And then when I went, I realized the town was really in a complete mess. There was no running water. The children had to wake up five o'clock in the morning to go and fetch water on their head, and they go to school very tired without learning anything. Of course, English is our official language in Ghana. They don't have books. They don't have running water in the town. They were drinking from a very dirty stream. They used that same stream for washing, clothing, and bathing in it, and drinking without even boiling the water. And I said, "Here is a woman that I've been chosen. I've lived in the United States for quite some time. I don't want to tell you how long I've been here, and I ought to know better. So I'm going to help them." And when I came back the following year, I said to myself, I'm going to help my people with clean water and also to help the children. The school was not really good. They don't have any computers. They don't have books. They don't have anything. And in this modern age, even if you know computers, it's very hard to get a job. And how much more a town beautiful as this beautiful children. They don't have all this modern, you know, technology equipment. So we went again the third time. And I had a meeting with them. It was a battle. The men wrestled me to death. And I made sure that if somebody is going to go down, the men are going to go down, not me. (laughs) Because here are some men, my elders, that are set in their own ways. 60, 70, and 80 years old, that they have never been ruled by a woman in their entire life. And who is this woman coming to rule us so if you don't want a woman to rule you all why did you do the rituals by adding my name and i asked one of them i said nana we don't know it happened and we put your name there i said then it means god and the ancestors chose me through you all so we started a meeting from four o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night it was a battle They really fought me hard and because they were collecting my town fees and my, you know, land fees and they were not putting it into the bank. There was no bank in the town. The town was really in a complete mess. I'm sure a male can even, you know, find it very difficult to take care of a situation because all my uncles were male and they were not able to do it. And I told them, I said, you know what, we're going to have a bank and deposit all the money. And they say, you know what? Don't come here with your nonsense from America because we don't need a bank. And I said, that nonsense is going to be a good nonsense. I'm going to help you all to have a bank that will help you all to save because you put your monies underneath the bed. And what about if there's a fire? You will lose all your money. So the next day, I went to the uh, executive officer in the bank and spoke to him, and then we were able to bring about a bank to the town. And I was the first person to go and deposited the land fees and the fishing fees. And also I told them, some of the children were not even going to school. They were roaming about in the villages, you know, doing nothing because the parents are not able to, you know, pay their school fees. So when I came back, I was very happy that uh, Charlotte Baptist Church of Landover, Maryland and their pastor, Bill Lewis Colleton, saw the article in the New Washington Post. They you know, got in touch with me at the embassy of Ghana and told me, Nana, we have prayed all this time trying to find a village in Africa to help. So when we saw your article, we realized that you are the one. I said, are you serious pastor? He said, we can't lie to you. So they gave me a covenant and they went with me to Ghana and they were able to you know, adopt 20 children that they are really educating them. Mrs. Diamond, my co author, is also taking care of two of them. And, you know, also, they are really giving them food and money to be able to go to school and to eat properly. And also, <laughs> we have given them our three clean boreholes. Wherever we are, um, we dig the ground and then we cement it nicely. And then we have uh, 20 to 40 gallons of tank on on top of it, and since I have electricity, it filters it and it goes into the, um, to the tank, and then they just come down in the faucet. Mrs. Diamond gave me $7,000, my co author to give them one borehole of water. <laughs> Charlotte Baptist Church of Landover, Maryland, and their pastor and the congregation also shell out $7,000, and then we give them the second borehole of water. And then the third one was given to me by Freemasons Lodge of Maryland. We also have given them three borehole water. <laughs> in other words, within few years that I have been on the throne, I've been able to change the lives of 7,000 people. Giving them... <laughs> giving them three clean borehole water. The children don't have to wake up early in the morning to go and fetch water. And also we have, uh, you know, a bank where they are really putting all the money in the bank. My elders, you know, didn't want it. They told me I'm a woman and I don't have to tell them what to do. And I told them, I said, you better shut up and sit down. (laughs) So they know now that a woman that, you know, they thought I couldn't do it, I'm doing it. I'm really doing it. At first I didn't know i didn't know that i have such a strength in me but now i realize i have a strength in me my hospital is not really great i have all the hospital beds you know really old when the woman wants to have babies they put a blanket on the floor and put water on it and then they deliver and sometimes the baby's head may hit the ground and doesn't come, you know, really properly. And also sometimes if it's a very complicated, you know, labor, they have to collect money to put the woman in the taxi to a a place like Cape Coast or Winnebaugh, and sometimes they don't make it. So now I've made it a point to make sure that I give them an ambulance. So we are having a fundraising for the ambulance and whatever it takes for me to get the ambulance I'm really going to get it. I'm not going to waste time. I don't want any more debt on my hand being a king. And also we're going to help them with library. They don't have library. The books that they tend to read are all torn apart. We're going to get them some books and some computers. So anyone that want to help us, I have my 501C They can go there and help me. But whatever it takes for me to help them, I'm going to do it. So I just want each and everyone in this room that you have to be ready and worthy. It doesn't matter who you are. When it comes, accept it. Because if I can do it, anyone can do it. I didn't realize I have such a strength in me. And now it has also transformed me to be able to connect with my people was before i was just an ordinary secretary coming home have my little wine and you know chill out and all that (laughs) this time i don't have time for that when i come home i think of utuam i talk to them 24 7. it doesn't matter what time it is i'm trying very hard to bring utuam to light In the next 10 years, I want Otum to be a modern Otum with secondary schools, libraries, because Charlotte Baptist Church is also going to build a secondary school in my town. I do have a lot of teenage pregnancies due to the fact that we don't have secondary school in the town. And when it comes for them to go to the high school, they have to go to the bigger cities. And poor village children, they can't cope. They just come back home pregnant with no father and their education is wasted. And then the young men also come home being alcoholics. And this woman sitting down here is going to change that. And I meant it. So please, ladies and gentlemen in this room, don't take things for granted. When it comes, listen to it and accept the calling. We are all ready to be accepted for a calling. We are all on a mission on this earth. If I'm telling you, believe it. Because I never ever thought one day I'll be a king of a town of 7,000 people that I'm really making a difference in their life. It's so beautiful and it makes me happy. So this is King Peggy that you are seeing today. So now I don't have many friends because I can't go out clubbing. I can't go out... (laughs) I can't go out eating much with them, and they, see, they think that I'm very boring, which I think it's okay, because I'm using it for a good cause. So this is Kim Peggy, and I'm going to show you some of the slides of the things that I have done for my people. Of course, this is the continent of Africa, and Ghana is all where the red arrow shows, And my place, I'm along the coastal area, and that's where Otama is. It's a beautiful place with, you know, full of virgin beach that has been untapped. And I want people to come by there, and if they're very good investors, I will help them to get a good land, to invest in the land, because it's going to be a very modern town, you know, within the next 10 years. Even if God calls me before then, I wouldn't go. I would tell God to let me wait and finish my work. And before, the women in my town were so intimidated by the male and when there's a festival, they don't even come out because they say you are a woman, go inside and cook. But I've made them to know that it's always nice to get married, but if you don't have a man in your life, don't feel sorry for yourself. You can do a lot for yourself and that don't let anybody tells you that you're a woman, you can't do it. You can do it. And now they are so happy, and when there is festival going on, they come out in abundance. And here are some of my women. And that's the woman who made me to be strong for who I am today. She's no more with us on this earth. But I remember when we were growing up, uh, she woke me up at 4 o'clock in the morning and advised me. He said... You are a special child. You can do a lot in your life. So do what is good for you. Go to the school and don't try to sleep around and be very good and very humble and respect people. And then when he wakes my brother up, my brother will say you go to your girls and leave me alone. <laughs> and here is the woman who had made me strong to understand the values of life. I love him so much. He's no more with us, but I'm sure She's also with my ancestors that are helping me to run the village. And this is me and my brother Papa. Papa, stand up. <laughs> you can see that our face you is know, so like a blanket every Sunday. When we want to go to church, he doesn't want to go. And then he would say, I want food. And there was no food at that time. So we had a big fight in the living room, and I dragged him out. So we we're already going to church. And that's Papa. <laughs> and that's me when I came straight from uh, London. My mom sent me to London because when he, she had the divorce, I was very close to her. Wherever she, you know, would be, you would see me. And then one day she told me, she said, my daughter, I love you so much, but I want you to be, you know, out there by yourself so that in the future you won't be left alone or feel lonely. So she had me to go to London to study catering because she knows I love good food. So she took me and then sent me over to London. It was a very sad day for me. But then I realized that she really did, you know, good by me. And I love her for that. And this is me at my office. You know, um, at my office being a secretary, showing my legs. If they had told me, if they had told me that I was going to be a king, I wouldn't have shown my legs. But I think the king has a nice little legs over there. (laughs) And this is my town, the, the church that... This is my town. The church that you are looking at is the Methodist Church. My town is an L shape. You come in the same way that you come in is the same way you go out. So when you come to my town to misbehave, don't think that you go scot-free. You'll be caught before you get to the end. And most of the women are now having kiosks because I've made them to understand that they can do little things, even if you open up a kiosk and sell them bread or milk or sugar. It will put food on your table. You don't have to wait for the man to come to your life before you eat. And now they have a lot of kiosks around my town that they're really trading. And we're trying to get the microfinancing. But, you know, some of them are doing well by, you know, helping themselves. So this is my town. And this is me when I went for my coronation. Is there anything wrong with
2: it? It's on slideshow, so I have
5: to go back every slide. Okay. And this is me during my coronation, they had me high with a little lady sitting in front of me. And they told me that that little girl, you know, supposed to be with me, she's my soul. At first I thought I had a soul already. And they said, you know, you have to have a virgin sitting in front of you. That way if an evil spirit is trying to enter you whilst you are very high up there and they see a virgin, they will just leave you alone. To be honest with you, I was scared being high up there, but I had no choice. I have to be there. So that's during my coronation. And there's the little girl here. She's so beautiful. And she goes to school. I've advised her to go to school and be somebody someday. And this is... I'm sorry, guys. And this is my Chiami. If you come to Ghana... If you come to Ghana and then you want to see me... You won't get a chance to see me as you are seeing me today. You have to go through him to ask you questions before coming closer. And even if I have to eat, he has to eat some of the food first. That way, if he passes on, then we know there is something wrong.
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and also, he is the one that communicates with the ancestors and tells us things. And that's... <sighs> and this are the canoe... <laughs> These are the canoes in my uh, little beach. Some of the fishermen tend to do that with their own work, handiwork, and then use it for fishing every day. Because it's a fishing town and that's all they know. And most of them tend to do that for themselves to go fishing with it. And some of them that can't afford to buy the wood or the lumber for the fishing had something called um, net dragon fishing. They just put the net in the uh, in the sea around 4 o'clock in the morning and then at 9 o'clock they go and drag the net out and you call it drag fishing and they get a lot of fish from it. And this woman is so happy that nowadays, nowadays she can go to the fishing beach and buy fish to come and clean it and go out there and sell it because I've made them to know they can do a lot of things by themselves. They don't have to wait for a husband. They can do a lot till the husband comes yeah. and this is my chiami. he's 80 years old and then he has a pineapple farm and then he still farms he's very strong and he looks you know like a younger man but he's 80 years old and that's a palace that i inherited when i became the king it's a horrifying place you know <laughs> and I remember during my coronation we're sitting down there and even if you sneeze the whole paint just comes on top of you and that's it over there and this is where I was staying during after for a while you know we're staying in that house at least it's not that good but it's better than my palace so we just enjoy this you know some of the places there and then I, this is where I was staying with Mrs. Diamond where she was baiting in the bucket And these are some of the girls that's what i saw when i observed that they were just you know waking up five o'clock in the morning to go and fetch water you can see that they were tired already their eyes was like a owl so i just you know change it and i have changed it for them and these are my children of the town they're so happy they're always laughing and even if they don't know you as soon as they see you they will start laughing And I kept on asking them, why are you people laughing? said, that's all we know. (laughs) And this is one of the schools in my town that they have crowded, you know, and trying to read some books that are really not good. They are torn apart, but they're still happy that they are in school. And this is me when I went to open up the first bank and trying to deposit the money. And this is one of my aunties that I was with because during my coronation, they had me to sleep with 10 women in a room to coach me how to walk, how to laugh, how to eat. And I told them that, you know, the way you walk here, if I walk that in United States, a cow will kill me. And this is shallow Baptist Church of Landover, Maryland, and their pastor Bill Lewis Colleton giving me the covenant that they're going to help my town. And that's them. <laughs> and that's my chiamy. We're just going to pull up a, a borehole, uh, unveil a borehole water and we're just watching him so hard because most of the time when he's pouring the libation he made sure that half of the drink is left in for him to drink so we were watching him so hard and that's one of the boho waters that I've given them and this is me we went to a Charlotte Baptist Church and the pastor to the executive branch in Ghana to discuss about the secondary school that we're going to open so that they know exactly what the Americans and the churches are coming to do for my town so that they don't come and interfere. We don't want any politics because I want them to know that we are coming up for a good reason and that's why we went there to discuss things with them. And that's Ms. Diamond and her two children that uh, she had adopted. <laughs> last year we went with eyeglasses and then we tried to you know size them up and miss diamond is helping the church and the group that went with us to size some of the glasses and this woman is so happy to have an eyeglasses because she came to me and he said nana i've never seen you know anything like this in my life i didn't realize that we have a woman king and so beautiful So That's my old palace that they want me to be, being a king. And this is the new one. I suffered a lot with my little salary that really put me back on my bills. But I know with God's might, I'm going to straighten out all my bills. So anyone that is a a creditor in this room, be patient, I'll pay you. (laughs) And this is my regent and um, this is my regent my uncle then was in the morgue and you know he was there for two years and i still have to bury that uncle after my um my renovation of the palace and i was discussing things with my regent that i talk to every day how i'm going to fund or how am i going to get money to bury this man but god so good i was able to save enough money to bury my uncle And due to the fact that the men were really, you know, battling me, I had to fire most of them. And I had this woman who is strong and level-headed, you know, to be among my council. So she also, you know, communicates with me every day, every day. And, you know, we gossip a lot. When somebody is misbehaving, she is the first one that gives me the information. <laughs> and uh, and when I went first and then... Um, I wasn't, you know, really, you know, their favorite, even though I was chosen by them. When I call them for a meeting, only few people do come. If you have um questions, we
4: have a microphone here for you to come and ask your question. So you can line up here to ask your question. Um we're also setting up Thank if you. you want to purchase your <laughs> books, you can go out the back door. Um And there will be people at the tables for you to be able to
5: purchase your books. They have people lined up already for the questions.
1: Hello, um, King Peggy. Hello. I'm a doctor here in uh, the Baltimore, Washington area. And I was really, I've been in New York for a year, but I just got back here last Thursday. And I saw saw your... advertisement up there. And I said, oh, King Peggy. I said, I've never heard of a woman King before. (laughs) And I said, oh my gosh. I said, I've got to be uh, 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 be here to see this. King Peggy, I'm so proud of you. I really am. I'm so proud of you for taking on such an astonishing feat. I think it's, absolutely wonderful a village of how many 7,000 you said yes I'm so proud of you thank you all those wonderful faces that I saw looking up to you and you just being there you're just an enormous amount of strength to me um my question I wanted to just say that to you and 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 hope you will continue on for a very long time. Thank you. My question is: um, There's no way you could be made a queen of the town. You 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 would you'd have to stay on as a king. Because I, I I just wonder if it's ambiguous that maybe some people might because we're used to seeing either a queen like the queen of England or the queen. That's what I'm asking. A king, to be a a king. king. And I'm just thinking, is it sending a mixed message to
5: young people? It's not sending a mixed message at all because now we are in the world that, you know, what a man does, a woman can also do it. And where the men had failed us, a woman can succeed, no. And for the fact that um, they make me a king, you know, in Africa, the uh, queen is um, the one in charge of the children's welfare mm-hmm. and then reported to the king to take an action. And I would have been a very lousy queen because, yeah. for instance, if I go and collect a data to the king to take care of the children and they didn't act on it, I would yeah. really argue with the king, which is not norm. No. So they gave me a big piece of pie, and I'm really eating it well and helping them.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, one other question in your in your uh, one other question, I'll be very quick. In your ca- council, do they and and your constituents out there and your people do they say King Peggy?
5: They call me Nana. Nana. Okay. Yes.
1: Okay. Okay. Thank you very much.
5: You're welcome, and thanks for coming. Okay.
4: And if you don't get your question, all of your question answered, because there are other people that want to ask a question, so keep it short. Um, uh, Nana has a Facebook page and you can communicate with her on Facebook. Uh,
6: Queen Peggy, I met you at the International Festival two years ago at the Polly Western Complex. Uh, my question is since the recent discovery of oil in Ghana, uh, has the oil impacted on the masses of the people since the discovery of all and do you th- I
5: can't hear a word that you're saying, sir. All that I had was Uganda. Oh
6: since the recent discovery of oil in your country, Uganda, has the oil impacted on the masses of the people, uh, and who uh, are the technicians, uh, Ghanese, or the Europeans or Americans? Uh, the,
5: this is more or less politics. I don't do politics, but let me tell you something. We just you know, uh, discovered the oil and then they are working on it. So uh, if you want to know more about it, you can get in touch with us at the Ghana Embassy and then we can give you more information on it. And if you want to come by and work over there, we'll tell you where to do and what, what, where to go. Yes.
6: Thank you very much.
5: You're welcome.
4: Yes. All I want to know, um, you haven't changed the currency over there. Is it still CDs?
7: Because I haven't been there since 2006.
5: This is uh, in the quarters of the government. Oh. I'm a traditional ruler, and I only take care of my little, you know, uh, area. And my area comes under the government. So if the currency is going to be changed, the government has to do that oh. with the whole world. Thank you. Yes.
3: Hello, King Peggy. I I have a question of, I understand Eleanor wrote a book about you, but have you ever considering ever writing any children's books about you?
5: Yes, I will. Ooh. I will. Good. (laughs) Somebody asked me the same question in St. Louis, so I think that children are also into my story, and I will, Okay.
1: Good afternoon, King Peggy. Good afternoon. In your school, are you teaching the children bilingual? Do they learn your language and English?
5: Yes, because English is the official language, and that's what they normally teach them at the school. And every household, they speak the language of our ethnic, uh, you know, tongue, mother tongue. So it's more or less bilingual. Good, thank you. You're welcome.
7: May I have permission to speak, please? May I have permission to speak? Yes. Sherry. Alafia. That's how's for uh, hello? I am so honored to meet you. You don't know how I'm tingling inside to you can't hear me?
5: I can hear you a little bit.
7: I am so honored to be here to see you and to understand that the tradition of female kingship. Is still going on. I have a lot of friends from God. And I have some Mampusi, some Gal. I will be going back to them to ask them to help us to help you. Because without us helping each other, the world would just stop. I I just don't know how to say enough about what you've done. One person in one village, you actually changed the world. I just want to say thank you.
5: Thank you, and um, I should let you know that this one person here didn't do these things by herself alone, is a strength from God and my ancestors and the people of the United States. So, you know, it's not just me. I have the strength in me, and they pull me to go and bring it about, and that's how, you know, I'm able to implement it.
7: Mama, I'm Yoruba, and I understand everything that you're saying because our destiny is not ours. Yes. And the ancestors always for us.
5: Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Thank you.
8: All right. Um, Your Majesty, thank you so much for allowing me to address you. All of us here, we are ecstatic of what you have ascended to. And my question is this, how of all of us, particularly folk of African ancestry here, how can we dig deep into our pride by way of our pockets and make sure that the funds that we want to give out of our love and our respect, not only for you, but for our ancestors. And I was so proud to hear that you addressed the issue of corruption and old ways that are unhealthy. How can we be connect with you directly to make sure any monies or skills or resources that we want to share will directly reach you to empower your village and um, what your efforts are there?
5: I have a, a website, if you go to kimpeggy.com. You have to a donation button, and then you know more about what we are trying to do, and you can donate, and then all the money that I receive, 100% are going to help the village, especially now that we want to give them a toilet and then also to give them an ambulance. That money is going to be used for that purpose, and you are welcome in the future to see all the progress that we are making in the village. All
8: right. Well, thank you, Your Majesty. I'm going to do that, and I'm quite sure we all are. Thank you very
5: much. Thank
8: you so
2: much. Um, Hi, King Peggy. Hi. I just wanted to say that, well, first of all, you're beautiful. (laughs) You're pretty. And, like, I wanted to ask you a question that when you became king, how did you get over it, Were you? how did you feel?
5: Well, I thank you so much for saying I'm beautiful. You are also beautiful, little yes. princess. Thank you. Since I became the king, you know, um, it has transformed me, it has changed me to be a woman that wants to help people. And I have little children like this in my village that I'm really helping. And it makes me feel good. So that's how King Peggy feels at the moment, for helping people of my town.
2: Thank w- you. I want to follow in your footsteps and do the same thing as you. Because we can we can all make a difference if we just believe in ourselves, and that's what I learned from you.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>
7: No, I didn't want it.
6: Okay.
4: Well, Peace and blessings. My name is Quinny. I just want to show you some love. I read your book and your story just really opened my mind to like so many different things. And I just I pray that God blesses you and your kingdom with with much prosperity and success. Thank you. And also the Yah right there.
5: <laughs>
6: I just want to show her some love, too.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hello,
6: Peggy. How you doing? King <laughs> Peggy.
5: <Hey. laughs> Let me tell you a story about this. King Peggy used to also vent, and Baltimore was one of my bigger places that I loved to vent. I used to sell African arts, and this gentleman here is one of my best customers. <laughs> I couldn't come up and, and listen
4: to you without saying hello. My sister Bonnie could not be here, but my friend Arnold, right there, he hi, came with me, hi. and we, we're going to make a nice little donation on here. Thank
5: you, you, you so much. Okay. You are always there for me. Most of the time, I'll go to a vending. I'll be sitting down there the whole day. Nobody will buy anything. As soon as I see him, I'll get smile big because he comes and buy my stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: King Peggy, I couldn't miss the opportunity to look at a woman and call her king. So that's one thing I wanted to get out. The second thing that I think is profound about your story and why I'm here today is many of us have connections abroad, have homes in Africa, villages we've left, and have come here to America and brought into what is called this dream. You went back and made a difference. I have a husband who, for the first time, has traveled back to his village. I'd like to hear from you how you were able to marshal the resources, the commitment here in the United States. You got a church of African Americans who are now supporting you to truly make a difference. So many people walk away and never come back.
5: Well, you know, from the beginning, as I said, you know, everything I'm doing right now is very spiritual. It's from the might of God and my ancestors and the people of United States. And, you know, for me to be able to do all that I'm doing is a strength from God. And then the people over here that are really giving back what they have been blessed with. And I did all that through my, you know, talking to people and what they have seen me doing. And that's why, you know, I'm able to accomplish all this.
0: The 501C3, were you able to form that as the basis of representation for your village?
5: Yes, I did. So when you go to KimPeggy.com, you get to know all about it. And then you do the best you can for the town. And now we need a toilet because you all have a dignity of going to a bathroom in my town. It's sometimes embarrassing for me to even say they don't have even a toilet. They go to toilet in the bushes. And I'm so glad that God is so good that they haven't come out with any cholera or anything because they don't eat much meat. All that they eat is fish and vegetable, and I think that is helping them also not to get this cholera. But I want to bring them very good sanitation system where in the future they don't have to go into the bushes whilst I am really enjoying a comfort in my palace. Thank you. You're welcome.
6: King? King Piggy, how did you rule the village?
4: (laughs) I'm sorry, Uh, my name is Georgia J. We're from Ghana and uh, this is my uh, daughter and she really wanted to uh, ask you how you ruled the village and also uh, from me personally, when are you uh, running for president?
5: Well, as for the president part, I don't know Let's go tells me when to start. But, you know, at the moment, I'm very happy with, you know, helping my people in the village. And I run it with very passion. I run it very passionately and also in a very humble way that I want each and everyone in the village to feel wanted and be loved. And I've given all myself to them. And that's what I want to do for them because giving yourself, being a leader, leadership is all about giving yourself. And that is all I'm doing right now, and I'm really happy about it.
4: We're very proud of you.
7: Thank you.
5: Thank you so much. Being a male of Africa and being proud of me, I'm very happy to hear that.
3: <laughs> um, first I had to say was that... Um, I like, like, you're kind of like a role model because you kind of inspire me to, to like stand for what I believe in and, and like, I kind of, like, the second thing I have to say is that you're very beautiful. I kind of like your style,
5: but the one thing that's (laughs) kind (laughs) of... You are also handsome, and uh, you're going to be somebody someday. So keep your studies very seriously. You don't know what you'll be in the future, be a young man. You can become a king. You can become a leader in your family. So all my advice to you is be serious, be humble, respect your family and elders, and your calling will come someday. I don't know what calling God may give it to you, but you are on a mission on this earth.
9: Thank you. Um hello um, King Peggy um I just want to the, the, the thank you for coming here today and allowing me to bring my family here and and, and like you said like my son said inspiring my son you know because it's, it's a wonderful thing my wife she's uh I'm I'm the I'm the man right now <laughs> yeah, and that's all thanks to you because I brought my wife here and my son and they, they really enjoyed you know you coming here today and I really thank you and I also wanted to know um if there's, there's not going to be a queen, Peggy? Like you're not I gonna have a queen.
5: I have a queen. Unfortunately, because of their corruption ways of doing things in my village at that time, they chose a little girl as a queen, thinking that because I'm far away, and then a little girl who can't even stand up to them, they can still go ahead and embezzle the funds. But they really had a shock. So I have a queen. Okay.
9: <laughs> so you rule with an iron fist?
5: Oh, definitely. I have a strength of a male, and I'm doing it. Yes. Yes.
9: (laughs) Thank thank you for coming. Thank you.
8: King Peggy, I greatly enjoyed reading your book. And um, could you speak just a moment about how close you are to your ancestors?
5: It's something special. Even if I speak about it, you wouldn't understand it. You have to experience it, because at the moment if I'm speaking to them even inside as I'm talking to you wouldn't you know because the voices comes every now and then, which is something that sometimes I wonder, is it going to leave me alone, but then I've come to a terms with it that it's not going to leave me alone anytime soon because they think that I need their strength and guidance to do all that so even if i tell you anything about them you wouldn't understand it you wouldn't feel it unless you experience it so i hope someday you become a leader where you have to experience you know all this from your ancestors thank you you're welcome
1: good afternoon king peggy good
5: afternoon young ladies
1: i'm alana Freeman, and this is my sister anaya um our aunt had us start writing a book about two years ago, and we're not finished yet, but when we are, we, we would like to pledge 10% to the, cho- to the children of your village.
5: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I wish you all the best of luck for the book, and I hope you succeed and it will be fine, okay? Thank you all very much. May God bless you all.
9: Good afternoon, Nana Peggy. Good afternoon. I'm Auntie Winnie. I take the same attitude towards young women, and I'm honored to share your perspective on things. I lost my mom in April of last year. I've read your book. I completely understand the void it left, and I agree with you and understand your dreams. Thank you. What happens in dreams. Thank you what so I much. I would like to know because I I promised God that if he would return my sanity, I almost flunked out of grad school. I finished my MBA in global management this January. I promised him that if he would take me out of wherever I was for seven or eight months, I would do something significant from my heart. So I would like to be able to make contact with you one question is from the links lady over there. How can we do uh, missionary visits to Ottoa? A- Thank you. Atom. Atom, I'm sorry, sorry about that. Atom. And I would like to do a trade mission to develop some cottage industry that we could do e commerce with from this. Side.
5: Okay, you can go to my website, Kingpeggy.com, and then we can communicate because this is a very broad topic. Yes, and then we have to discuss that. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you so much.
9: Thank you. King Peggy.
4: Thank you. We will ask you to leave by the back door. Um, as soon as after, after um, King Peggy leaves the room, she will be seated at a table to sign books there. So once she leaves the room then we ask you to leave by the back door.
5: On this note, I would like to take this opportunity to thank each and everyone that took time off your busy schedules and to come and meet me to know more about my journey. I love you all very much and I hope to meet you all again in the near future to give you more progress about my journey. May God be with you all to meet again in the near future. Thank you all very much.